UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Uh, before we get, oh, here, I'll pause it, I'll be uh... Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. I uh, One of my subscribers told me about this person, and um, I find their stuff very interesting. I find channeling very interesting. Basically, um, one of my subscribers emailed me and said, you've got to get David Watherington on your channel. And I was like, and I hadn't heard of him yet. And then they were like, he does amazing channeling and stuff. And and I, I looked into him and you guys are going to be really excited about my guest today. Um, at 28 years old, David had his first awakening. His abilities began to come in waves as he developed. And then more, he healed himself and others with more skills and memories that have come forward and remembered. David is a Melchizedek high priest that can channel the ascended masters, angels, galactics, and God or L. David has had recall in his past lives. Some notable lives are Sun Tzu, Marcus Aurelius, Robert the Bruce, Achilles, Sigurd, Snake in the Eye, Lancelot, Duloc, Little John, the rapper? I don't know. That was a joke. I was kidding. The Argonian, and King David, and most of the Southern the Argonauts. All of his experience combined has assisted David in helping those that are lost and are looking for a way back or those who are looking to enhance themselves. He's a proficient psychic surgeon, channeler, Akashic Records healer, and teacher who hopes to share his knowledge with many as people as possible to heal those who need it. After his second awakening, he discovered his true name, which is Ashtar Anar. Duality, how to bring humanity together, a bit on Cal and the Cal Force, Cal's future prediction. So he channels this person named Cal, too, which we're going to hear about. Now, you can take part in David's mentorship program, and join the House of L Mystery School, and you can apply at www.davidwatherington.com. That's David, L-O-T-H-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N.com, and I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. David, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hey, hey, Rob, I'm great. Thanks for having me so much. This is great. I, now, before we got into the show, we were talking kind of about like Anki and Thoth and like you know, if those two characters were related or if it was his son or if it was him. And I think that's an interesting conversation to like kind of start things off because like there's so much con confusion and miscommunication about like, I mean, because here's what I think. I think like a lot of the texts, ancient texts are kind of mistranslated. So it's mm -hmm. like, we, we don't know for sure who is who, right? I, I don't know if you feel the same way. It's a bit difficult because it's quantum in a way. The, the beings that were communicating regarding like Enki or Enlil, they're Anunnaki and Anunnaki aren't on the same dimension as we are. So in 3D, we like to see things in a linear way where the timeline is linear and everything's laid out perfectly as it's supposed to be. Like you can only have one soul in a body at, at, at a time. But with higher dimensional beings, they can be in multiple bodies at the same time. So that's why it gets confusing. Okay, that makes sense because I, I don't know if you ever heard of this Anunnaki researcher. I always reference him a lot. His name was Gerald Clark. He 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 died, but he, he used to say that he thought that Enki could have also been like or Thoth could have also been like Jesus, Krishna, Buddha, Melchizedek. Do you think mm. there's any truth to that? Yeah, I do. Because I'm a Melchizedek myself and I was Enlil in a previous life. Now, before we started. Uh, you mentioned that Enki was Poseidon potentially, right? Yeah, I thought I think he was. I mean, that's what Gerald said. He was like the, the founder of Atlantis, right? Yeah. So Atlanteans, I'm told that they were about 40% Anunnaki. So that was one of the first creation experiments of mankind, one of the first generations of mankind. So there was like the Atlanteans, then the Lemurians, and then the ancient Egyptians, and then like Aztecs and many other 
human groups started to populate after that. But do you do you think that history might have even went back further than that? We just don't have any kind of trace of it. Uh, I definitely think so because apparently Saurians were on the planet before humans. Like they grew up from like evolved from nothing out of reptiles, and they became sentient galactic species. And then humans were seeded sometime after that. But they started with Anunnaki bloodlines, but there was too much Anunnaki in the genetics. They lived for too long and they were too smart. So they had to make further generations that were less superior. This is fascinating stuff. So what do you think was going on with the Atlanteans? Like, I mean, because like, here's my thing. Like, I'll never say that I have it right because I don't know. You know, like I love to hear different people's opinions like yours. And then I just kind of let the audience like take what resonates with them, because like it's it's all I think everything's kind of up for interpretation. Or what, do you, or what are your thoughts? Well, I don't have too many thoughts related to Atlantis. I um, there's something I believe it's called the eye of the desert. If you go to Google Maps and you go to Africa and you go north and to the east, you can see this. Uh, three concentric rings if you zoom in close enough and that was believed to be atlantis i do believe there's too many clues that point towards that but um, there were several atlantises and several lemurias as well um i just don't know a whole lot about that i had a life as an anunnaki at that time that's fascinating one thing i wanted to just bring up you mentioned google maps someone told me if you go on Google Earth right now, this is kind of off topic, but I just figured I would share it because I wanted to share it with my audience. Someone left this on one of my YouTube comments the other day. They said that there's an, a, a USO base underneath California, and they said you can see it from Google Earth. Like, have you ever looked at that by any chance? I haven't seen that base, but I know there's a lot more than just that you can see with Google Maps. Yeah, right. Like you, you can see like there's a lot of stuff, right? Like I, I know there's stuff on Mars. You can see Mars, the moon, and there's all kinds of stuff going on that we're not being told about. Um, if this is just a podcast and they're not going to be able to see this, but I can screen share with you if you like, and I can show you some stuff. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Like while you're, well, yeah, I can, let me, let me allow you to share screen. Hold on. I'll, I'll enable it. So while we're doing that, while you're pulling that up, let me just ask you, like, when did you come into your psychic abilities? Well, uh, let me just uh, find this here one sec. Uh, can you see my screen here? Yeah, 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 I can see your screen. That's awesome. Do you see uh, these blurry things in the ocean here? Yeah, what is that? These are bases. Hope I don't get in too much trouble for this, but you can see these straight lines that are going through the ocean. Yeah, I wonder what that is. They're like large ways to travel. Uh, let's just see. Um, wherever you, like if you zoom out, okay, go to Google Maps and then zoom out as far as you can and then start zooming in, zoom in until the clouds disappear and then go around Australia and look at some of these systems that are running through here. These are huge, absolutely huge. And they're all over the place. Like, do you see these bases here? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. That is something, right? That is. Yeah. Why else would that be like that? Look, something wasn't look there. The, look at the size of Ecuador and look at the size of this base over here. That's enormous. Yeah. And there's bigger ones than that. These lines, as you can see, they're all over the place. South of Mexico. Um, a lot of them line up. Right what do you around. think these are like an interconnected waterway system? Do you think this is like some kind of transportation network under under the ocean? I'm sure some of it is human, but I I guarantee most of it isn't human. Whether it's like pre-Atlantis, uh, sorry, pre-Atlanteans or some Tatarians, I don't quite know what species are creating these colonies, but there's a lot. Yeah, that's that's fascinating stuff, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Um, so back to your stuff. Like, um, when did your first psychic ability start to come up? Ah, uh, well, uh, about after my divorce, I would say was the strongest. I would start to hear songs in my head, and it was related to something that I was going through in my life, but I didn't quite know exactly what the songs were about, and they were blurry. I couldn't quite make them out. But I knew I hadn't heard that song in the radio. I knew I hadn't really heard it in the last month or so. So I was like, what's going on? 
And uh, when I one day I went home and I looked up the lyrics to that song, and that was exactly what was going on in my life. So I thought, hmm, this is something. There's something to this because the song kept playing after that. A lot of times that can be like our ancestors trying to send us a message too. Like, do you think it was them trying to tell you that like you should be doing this? Or do you not think it was ancestors at all? I, I didn't think of ancestors. I usually think, uh, well, I thought it might've been my guides. And, and it was after all. So it depends how you pick up um, frequencies. Some people are better at clairvoyance, so they may see an image. Some people are better at clairaudience. They may hear um, voices or whatnot or songs. That's clairaudience. Some people feel energies, which would be like clairempathy, which is feeling others' emotions, or clairsentience, which is feeling tinglys and warm, cool sensations. So your 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 abilities really started to open up after your divorce. Then is what you're saying. Yeah, I had a, a large amount of trauma from my divorce, and I that I had to heal from. And uh, after I healed, I had this like huge burden that was lifted off of me. I went to this crystal shop and um, she's, I, I looked for it for about an hour and I didn't know why I was there. I just knew I had to go there. And uh, this wonderful woman named Sharon invited me in. She said, Hey, hun. And she gave me a nice big hug. I go in there. She's like, I said, I don't know why I'm here. Um, but she's like, well, maybe you're here for our meetings. We show up once per month. And you can show up if you like. So I show up at this psychic shop and there's like uh, eight, eight women there and me. And they're all talking about their husbands and whatnot. And then before you know it, they start talking about seeing a ghost upstairs in someone's house. And uh, so they pulled over to the side of the highway and they stopped and then it just disappeared. And uh, I was like, okay, where am I at right now? <laughs> what am I listening to? So... That was the first. And um, did they kind of convince you that you might have abilities? Is that like, I mean, like, there's a lot of times like your, your intuition or your guides will take you to someplace like that to kind of like open up your, to help you realize that you have these abilities and that you're opening up to them. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, there was one woman who was a Reiki master and she stuck her hand out to me and she said, here, do you feel anything? And I put my hand above her hand, like a foot above. And I said, it feels really hot. And she's like, okay, well, you can sense energy. You can feel energy. So it's not that. We just don't know why you're not awake yet because you're fairly conscious. And um, anyway, I met this girl that was at that meeting. We ended up um, uh, talking to each other and we'd have telepathic practice for like three hours a night for a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, I just started to open up as I became more in tune with myself and as i i learned reiki i started to open up more and more see that's what i think i need to do i don't know if i need to meditate or what but i mean i, I here's like my thing like i'm like i feel like i'm somewhat psychic like i get psychic warnings and psychic nudges for sure like i would say a psychic nudge is like something when it tells you like a like some precognitive thing but it's yeah. more like intuition based like and then I can, I can feel energy too. Like when I feel a crystal, I can definitely feel it. So I'm, I'm energy sensitive. Um, you know, things work on me better. Those kind of things. Like I can put like, you know, a polished piece of shungite in my water. I, I'll let the shungite sit out in the sun and then I'll put that shungite in my water and it, let, it kind of charges my water and I get like an energy effect off that where I know other people can't do that. So I'm trying to think about what I need to do to maybe come into my abilities more and i know people say meditate but like i'm kind of going through a breakup myself recently and it's 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 been i don't want to say traumatic it's definitely been like you know um yeah all breakups not, are traumatic yeah it got my mind racing you know what i mean so it's hard for me to meditate right now i can feel your energy is a bit tingly but i can help you with uh, waking up your ability some so meditation has its place when you have a really busy mind and you're it's called the monkey mind. You're, it's all this chatter going on, things you have to do and things you have to take care of. You're, you're thinking about things you're going to do in the future. You're thinking about things in your past that you could have did better and whatnot. This is like, this is why we meditate. We have to process these things that are going through our mind. So let's say you have 20 things running through your mind. Um, instead of, so I, I would say there's two ways to meditate, a proper way and an improper way. The improper way is, you, you take those thoughts that come to you and you put them to the side for as long as possible just to create this little bubble of quietness in there. 
And as you do this for longer and longer over the years, you eventually have like uh, a five minute bubble of pure silence. But ultimately at the end of that five minutes, this, these thoughts all crash back in on you and you're back to where you started. Um, the method that I teach is essentially, it's like you're sitting on the bottom of a pool and yet you can breathe the water. And um, the water is your subconscious thoughts, okay? These are what want to be healed. These are what want to be processed. And as the first thing that comes to your mind, that's what wants to be healed. That's what your guides are sending to you to heal. And once you heal that, it's like reducing the amount of water in the pool by like an inch or so. And every thought that you process, you process a little bit more of that water until you're in the pool and there's barely any water in the pool. And when that happens, your guides can talk to you. But before that, you got too much clutter in your head and your guides will never prioritize information over your personal healing. So your healing is the priority for them. So, and meditation is healing. But I, I want to just ask you, like, I don't know if it's from the breakup, but like I'm doing like really, I want to ask you because you're so awake and you're like, you're very psychically in tune and you're able to channel. That's why I kind of want to get your opinion on this stuff because it's important sure. to me because it's stuff that I'm experiencing lately that I don't, I don't understand why. Like I noticed that I'm doing like very like stress related things like, and this could be from the breakup. Like I'm like when I'm, when I'm laying down on my bed at night, like I'm noticing that like I'm driving my fist into the bed. Like, mm. you know, I don't know if that's like stress. And then I noticed like that I've started like touching my tongue to my teeth and like pushing like, like a stress like i know it's stress you know what i mean are you so grinding your teeth at night i'm not grinding my teeth but i keep touching my tongue to my teeth and it's almost like creating like a, a small gap like i'm like worried i'm like i gotta stop this like so i've like looked into like some hypnosis to stop it because i know it's stress from the breakup like mm -hmm. you know because i basically thought that like you know and my fans are gonna get sick of hearing this because i say it in every podcast but like i basically had plans to be with this person for the rest of my life i thought that like we were so alike we had so much synchronicity and like everything we did was like we called each other each other's mirror we thought that we were like the other version of each other you know what i mean so i thought that i was going to be with this person for the rest of my life and for whatever reason it didn't work out so i'm trying to process those feelings and i think my body is just going through a lot but like like it's it's trauma i guess it is trauma right well if you're open to it i know we're on air um and i don't want to say anything too private is, do i have your permission to say what i think it actually is go ahead what is it? it's um cal's just saying that you're very frustrated and your frustration leads to anger and that is what's coming out essentially so heavy music you know like slipknot or whatnot screaming music that does help people to process more negative or heavy energies. And I don't say go listen to some Slipknot. I listen to a lot angry. of rap. Is that like, would that help? I mean, I listen I to a lot of gangster rap. I don't know what rap helps with, but um, it, it's anger <laughs> that, that you're feeling, I think. And um, you're, it's a little bit of um, self-hatred at the same time, I believe. And because uh, I'm not quite sure what you're frustrated about, but frustration comes from, trying to change something over and over, but it just doesn't change. That causes people to become angry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, well, I think it's like, I'm, I'm not like a spring chicken. I'm 40. I don't want to admit I'm on 43 right now. Like, but like, I, 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 you know, I was, I thought that I would be like in a better, I, I thought that I'd be married with kids if I, I didn't really want any kids, but I thought that I would be like all like straightened out in that area right now in this time point in my life. So I don't know if that's something like, you know, like we all have a biological clock and I wonder if like mine's like if my body thinks it's ticking. So I feel like I have to like, feel like I have to meet someone. But meanwhile, that's just a societal thing. Like that's something society puts on us. Like we right. don't have to be that way. I could live out my, like I had my astrology chart done and the girl told me that I'm, she told me I'm more on a Lone Ranger type mission. That, that are a James Bond type mission. He said that like, I've experienced soulmates in my past lives. And I've had a couple in this life. So I've had many girlfriends, to be honest, in this life. So she thinks that like my astrology chart is saying that I'm on more of like a, whatever you want to call it, Lone Ranger, James Bond type mission, to where I don't need to have a soulmate. But like the society part of myself probably wants that, the, 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 the indoctrinated part of it. You know what I'm trying to say? Does that make yeah. sense? 
I would say this. I was talking to uh, James Rink uh, about this too. Sometimes we identify as lone wolves. I'm 38. I'm single as well. And I used to identify as lone wolf too um, for years and years. And then I started to change my mind and I started to lean more towards pack leader rather than lone wolf. And right after that, that's when I started to create the school. I started to get a bunch of people that were joining the school and I became the leader of, you know, the school, you might say. So it's, it's a lot of it is mindset and how you perceive yourself to be. So that's something to keep in mind. That's awesome. That's, that's really good advice, man. Thank you. Cause I, I, uh, I really admire what you've been able to do, like with your, with like, you, you know, like being able to be open so much, like, it's like, it, it's really a special kind of person that gets to be able to channel these kind of entities. Like, I don't believe that it happens to just anybody. I think that like people have to be really spiritually evolved for this kind of stuff to happen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, there is a couple things that happens to become a channel. You, you're, we're tested all the time. So one thing for a channeler, and especially if you're talking to galactics or higher dimensional beings, they need you to be a person of integrity. They need you to be someone who, like there's bad channelers out there, okay? I don't want to say any names or anything to hurt anyone, but um, some people channel at very low percentages, like 4%, 3%. That means the majority of what comes out of them is their words. So the purity of the channeling is not high. And that's a problem because it kind of makes people think that channelers are fake. But if people are good channelers are like at 10, 15, even 20% channeling these beings and they're able to get through true information and that's accurate and detailed. So, but yeah. Well, there, there's one person that would back up what you're saying. Like there's a guy I, I have on my show. I've, I've had him on a couple times. His name is Buddy Bolton. He's also, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's been on the Linda Moulton House show. He's a remote viewer, but he's like really good with Psy. Like he can put on like the news device, and change his brainwaves. Um, he does remote viewing for scientists and the government. And what I'm trying to say is like, he's a master at Psy, right? Or psychic ability. And he was saying, it's better when you're practicing Psy abilities, if you're walking the path of virtue. That's, that's, yes. what, that's what his words are. So I think there's definitely something to that. There I'm is. Gonna... Yeah. I would say that um, if you are seeking your psychic ability so that you can hurt somebody, let's say you want to do telekinesis just so you can fight a bully or just so you can be a bully or just because you want it for fame, you're probably not going to get that ability because um there's, I don't know uh, exactly why this happens, but it's the sacred thing that should not be disrespected. And um, just getting back to what I was saying regarding the channeling, like had that were tested, galactics will not communicate with unethical or immoral people um, because they know that this, well, some of them will, if they're unethical and if they're immoral, right? So you're going to be talking to bad beings if that's the case, but for the ethical moral beings like Arcturians or Syrians or certain Pleiadians or whatnot, they're only going to communicate with beings that are like themselves, that are a reflection of them because they know the channel is representing them. And they assume that when a channel says something, it's going out to the whole human collective. So they, they keep that in mind. Yeah. I, I don't know what you feel about Ivan Teller. He's another channel like yourself. And he, he was on my show and he said that um, he had to fire his spirit guide the one time. Like he said he had a bad spirit. Yeah, that can happen. To, so so they, they, some of them don't have our best interests in mind. Or is that, is that correct? Or well, it's, yeah, I wouldn't say that's fully correct, but it's kind of correct because um, I'll, I'll explain about mine. I, um, I had this very compassionate, loving motherly guide. And she helped me when I was emotionally low, if I was sad and whatnot, but she didn't give me good, accurate information. So my goal at the time was to become a better channeler, to become a better teacher. And so I had to remove her and have her replaced with another guide who was more suitable to what I was looking for to get, because she would be compassionate, but she didn't want me to get to the next level, because if I did, then she wouldn't be able to connect with me. And that's, that's holding you back. And that's not something the spirit guide's supposed to do, right? Right. That's fascinating. So let me ask you this. Like, what did you, have, do you have super soldiers slash SSP stuff too? Oh yeah. A lot of it. Well, how did that start coming up? And like, 
what do you think is going on with that? Because here's what I've been told. I've been told by some people that like they can use our consciousness when we sleep at night for SSP type activities. I don't know if you agree with that or like, or when your stuff happens. Like, well, there's a couple questions there. Um, they can tap into hot. They, they only care about the higher aspect of your consciousness. Most people don't use the higher aspect of their consciousness. They just lollygag around the world and do the regular things that they have to take care of. Our higher functioning abilities, like high, channeling higher dimensional beings, for example, um, that's what they want because that's the, the consciousness of you that has the powers. That's the part of you that is godly in its nature. And they don't care about the 3D person. That person has almost no power. So they try to tap into higher dimensional forms of you. And, but this happens like way back in your past when your consciousness is fractured. So how do you get your memories back as a super soldier? You have to start recombining these particles. It's called soul reintegration. And that's essentially bringing your broken pieces back and healing yourself as a soul. That's is when that you're kind of similar to soul retrieval. Yeah, that's the same. That's fascinating. That is. Yeah, that's so, a oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying that's a powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it is. I, I know someone who had soul retrieval done and it changed their whole life around. Like it, yeah. it really like, you know, um, but so what happened with your SSP stuff? Like what are you been able to remember? Well, I have like a lot of memories of, um, I did a lot of assassination stuff as a super soldier, shape-shifting programs. Uh, I've worked on Mars, Dark Fleet. Um, like I have many memories of things that have occurred, but they're all in different bodies, it seems. It seems like um, there are many, many different avatars that a consciousness can enter or clone bodies or whatnot that one can use in order to do a super soldier mission. It so depends. consciousness can definitely be fractured or split off into different entities. Yes. And yours is right now. Mine is right now as well. All humans are fractured to some degree um, because in the fourth density or the fourth dimension, all of our little particles are combined in the fourth. So it takes, uh, let's say you, Rob, in 4D, there's one of you. But then once you go down to 3D, there might be seven Robs in different bodies that have different upbringings, that have different lives and different belief systems, but they're all the same soul. And when you see one of these, you recognize, ah, oh, this is my soulmate. This is essentially how this works. So we're all collective consciousnesses. All of these, like, for example, I have all my guides. I have Cal, Malakath, Jahaka, Syndra. These are all dragons. Then I have the House of El and other guides that I'm not going to say their names, but um, they all combine together to give me ideas in my life and to help me, to support me in different ways. And all of that comes out as David. All you see is David, but there's, there's a lot more behind the picture. That, this, is, this is so fascinating. So um, I'm trying to think of where to go with this. Uh, okay, so like, let me ask you this. Like, what entities do you like to channel the most? Like, where do you get the most that are pertinent, most pertinent information? Well, I primarily teach uh, beings from the House of Al Collective. So um, that's who teaches the school all the content that goes in the school, more or less. So we have uh, Mary Magdalene, Master Jesus, Ashtar, Sharon. Uh, now, some, some of these people that we don't know, maybe tell us, who is Ashtar? Ashtar is uh, Lord Commander Ashtar from the Ashtar Command. Okay. He controls the whole Ashtar command. That's pretty insane. Yeah. And then, well, you know who Jesus is. You know who Mary Magdalene is probably. Yeah. And then there's St. Germain, the alchemist. I wasn't familiar with, I, I know the book, The Alchemist. I I, I, I have it actually. Um, is that the same person that was in that, that book? Uh, I didn't read that book, but St. Germain lived for a very long time. And there are a lot of records of uh, St. Germain. So. Is that the same person that they said that had a dog's head or no? Is that someone no. else? No. I don't know okay. who that is. 
St. Christopher. St. Christopher was the one that supposedly was a dog man, I think. Like, I think I had the, a dog man expert on my show and they told me that. And then they also say Anubis also had a dog's head, which is interesting. Like, you know, it makes me think that like religion kind of steered some of that stuff away because they don't want people thinking that there's other entities out there. I, I don't right. know. I'm not sure. I believe Anubis was a royal from the lupine species from Sirius B. Okay, so break that down a little bit. But the the, the lupine species, what's that? Yeah, they're wolf species. Um, so there's canines, and then there's the lupine, and they're both from the Canis Empire in Sirius B. Um, I had a life as a lupine, so I know some of this stuff. So on the lupine's primary planet, a long time ago, they were peaceful, tribal beings. They don't really use that much technology. The fridge is like looks like a beaver dam that they dig underground and they put food in that. They eat bugs and plants and whatnot and birds. But one day, another species of lupine came to their planet and they were the royal caste. They look like, I don't know the name of the dog, but it's a dog with black skin and no hair and pointy upright ears. And uh, whatever that name of the dog is, um, that was the royal caste. The royal caste had high technology. They had ships. They had all of this stuff. And the other lupine race, the non-royal caste, they started to see them as royalty, as gods. And they accepted them and the, because they gave them so much technology and a way of life and a more structured community. So there's a lot of information just to be unpacked there. That is, that's fascinating. So that the, so you're saying maybe the dogmen that are like cryptozoologists or researching now they could be a species from off planet which is what a lot of people actually think that's like yeah they definitely are but not all lupine are the same so dogmen cal talked about this in one of the videos but um dogmen is another species i don't even know if they're from sirius or not but they're much larger they're much more aggressive and they feed off of fear the smell of um defecation and excretion after fear so it depends. <laughs> you don't want to run into the wrong kind of looping, you know what I mean? Because some of them are peaceful and some of them are warriors. A lot of them are warriors. So let me ask you this then. What are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Like you have to have a crazy or a good thought on Bigfoot or I'm, I'm just interested in what you have to say. Like Because like um, I know a lot of people think that, you know, that there's a lot of people that see Bigfoot with UFOs. Or Bigfoot. I've heard, uh, I interviewed this guy, Stan Gordon. He's from here in Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And he's, he, he, he like first researched the Kexburg incident. So he's been around for a long time. But mm -hmm. he gets reports of, you know, he has a, a, a hotline still that people call to this day. And they report their UFO sightings and Big, Bigfoot sightings. Um, and he says he sees people have seen Bigfoot holding an orb, Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. Um, what, what are your thoughts on what Bigfoot is? Well, I don't typically do a lot of uh, information on cryptids. Um, I don't try to get information on them, I should say. But what I've learned from talking to Cal and other beings is that they can t uh, disappear. People talk about them disappearing out of nowhere, essentially. But I know from knowing enough about frequency that all they're doing is changing their frequency dramatically. So if you shift your frequency greatly, you can go from 3D to 4D or from 4D to 5D. And that takes a lot more work, but you will become invisible if you go out of the range of frequency that the other person is in that's looking at you. So that's typically what happens, how they go invisible. They just This is it. why all these yoginis or um, Tibetan Buddhists that meditate for years, they get to that certain state where they learn how to change their frequency and they uh, learn how to get their rainbow light body and transcend this existence. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, but I mean, like, is there a way I, I was just thinking about this now, like, is there a way to, to like skip that? Like, I mean, cause like who has the time to meditate all the time? Like, <laughs> is there like techniques that we can practice that will help us get that rainbow light body where we wouldn't have to meditate all the time or. Well, it, it does take work. Like everyone these days, they just want instant rewards. Right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's not like that. It took me years and years to get where I am. I, I like, I started when I was 28. I'm 38 now. I've been doing it for 10 years about, and I did a serious amount of healing on myself, not just meditation. I don't, I really don't meditate that much. I meditate all the time, I guess, 
but not sitting down in one spot doing it. Like I'll meditate while I'm out walking the dog. I'll meditate while I'm doing my chores. I'll meditate while I'm going um, for a jog. Me too. That's funny you said that. I was just about to say that. Like I, I'm a runner and I, I, I actually do the same thing. I, I, get, I like to get in a meditative state. Like I almost get to a point where I can still see the road, but I have my eyes like half open, half closed. And I kind of just let myself get into a trance and I just, yeah. you know. So you're on, you're on like autopilot mode, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so mm-hmm. fun. It, it really is. Cause like it's, it enables you to get two things done at once. You can get your meditation in, but that, but you would think that that would be helping me with, cause I do do that a lot. You would think that would be kind of helping me with my stress problems. I don't know why it's not. I well, don't know it might, what I, might be, but you have a lot of stuff and there's stuff under the surface as well. So like, it's not just meditation that heals you. I, I consciously have been working on my DNA, working on, my chakras individually working with my spirit guides. I've been removing malevolent people out of my life and ambivalent people out of my life, surrounding myself with only supportive benevolent people. Um, you have to separate yourself from a lot of normal people uh, so that you can actually let your frequency go upwards. Because if you're, let's say you're an empath, you're feeling other people's emotions as your own, you get overwhelmed and you need your own space. We have to have, establish healthy boundaries right and we need to know what our frequency feels like like who am i is the question and you need to find out who you are and what your energy feels like even don't have a dog around you don't have a cat around you because you're in training to the frequency of your animals you don't really know what you feel like so that's why people go out into the woods for a long time yeah that's fascinating this has been such a fascinating conversation (laughs) so far what i wanted to do was um, before we get into this, I want to go over some of the services you offer people. But like before sure. we do that, I wanted to look into some of the past lives you've had. Like some of these people were pretty amazing. Like you and you feel like you've had a a, a, a life as Marcus Aurelius, Achilles. Like how did yeah. these come up? And like, can you talk about them a little bit? Like what was it like from you remember having a life as Achilles? Because I'm a big Greek history fan. Like yeah. I I I, uh, I I relate I relate a lot to Alexander the Great. Like I feel like in some life that maybe I was maybe in Alexander's army. I don't think I was Alexander the great. I really don't, but I do feel a connection to him. Like, so that's kind of why I asked about the Achilles thing. Yeah, you are right. I, I could probably dig into that a little bit, but um, I don't, you know, want to waste too much time while we're talking, but um, yeah, you definitely do have a life as a Roman of some sort. Uh, I felt that. Um, So typically new lives come through um for example i was watching the movie troy and i heard the name achilles i was in the kitchen at one point and when i heard the name achilles my whole body filled up with goosebumps and i was like what the hell was that and i i ran into the room and they were just calling his name out it was nothing a big deal my goosebumps went away and then he shows up on screen again when the guy says achilles my whole body fills up with goosebumps and then i started to have a flashback of, you know, a life as Achilles and what that was actually like. And then, yeah. Anyway, if you look at my other past lives, I have a lot of lives as kind of like a warrior hero type being philosopher. Yeah, who was little John? Cause I know the rapper, but I was, I made that joke at the beginning, but who's the, who's the, yeah. who's the, the person, little John. It's actually John little and John little trained Robin hood from. Uh, oh, okay. That's cool. That's yeah. real cool. So you have, and, and is that the same with Sigurd Snake in the Eye? I've never heard of him either. Yeah, essentially, he's on the Vikings TV show. If you've ever seen that, no, I I did. I watched it when it first came out, but then I I kind of stopped. I don't watch much TV. I watch a lot of podcasts. Yeah, he was a Viking, you might say. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so awesome that you've been able to tap into like all these lives. Like I kind of want to do the same thing. I I want to see like. What, I mean, I, I kind of have, I could share with you. Like what, I, I don't know if you've ever done past life regression, but I, mm. I've done like five past life regressions. And it seems like I was in a lot of wars in the past. Like, and mm. I've died in wars. Like, so I didn't get to live out a whole lot. So I don't know if that's having some effect on me in this life, but did you feel the same? Have you ever had regressions done? Yeah, I have. Um, they're just saying that you have a connection with Orion as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. so- Orions are typically, I can't, I'm not going to paint every, you know, picture with the same brush, 
but Orions tend to be very uh, reclusive with their emotions until they meet their partner. So they might not ex express their emotions. They're very logical people typically. And then when they meet their mate, they just pour all of that onto their mate and it's like kind of overwhelming. But for the woman, Orion, they kind of pour everything back onto the guy. So for both of them, it's a huge healing moment. Um, that's typical for some Orion species. Now, did we uh, did we talk about this yet? Who is Cal? And like, what? And because I've heard you, I I watched the show you did with Raised by Giants. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, he's Ryder. great. I'm doing a show with him in the future. But like, I I, I heard you channeling Cal, and I wasn't going to ask you to do it today because I kind of just wanted to get to know you first. And right. like, but like, I, I I I I'm interested in this Cal character, like or this being, I should say. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned earlier that Enki was Poseidon and yeah. Enlil was Thor. And we didn't really get to that part, but Enlil was Thor and Perkunas and Zeus. So they're all the same being. Yeah. Cal was Thor. Cal was um, Perkunas. Cal was also Enlil, but it's uh, it's quantum. Actually it's Bisu in this case. So to make this simple, there's three states of consciousness. There's linear consciousness. That's like processing one thing at a time. That's what the human brain does. And then we have quantum and that's processing two up to infinity amount of things. And then there's Bisu consciousness. Bisu consciousness begins in the seventh dimension. And that's what Cal is. So Cal is a 7.7 dimensional being of Bisu consciousness that is present in all beings that have consciousness from grass to trees, to you, to me, to any animal or whatever. And Cal is responsible for holding your, your spirit to your physical body, which makes it a soul. So for those of you who have astral traveled or astral projected, and you've seen that cord that exists from you to your body, that's Cal. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, so I've heard of this silver cord. I didn't know if it was like a a real thing or not. I've tried to have astral experiences. Like I've I've uh, I've experimented with Robert Monroe's um, hemi-sync binaural beats, and I use other binaural beats to try to get out of body. I've been able to when I was meditating a lot. I was almost having success. Like I almost popped out of body twice. I did pop out once, and I went right back in. And then one time I popped out and I encountered a shadow being, and it okay. kind of scared me, so I stopped. Like. What are your thoughts on national traveling? Can you experience negative entities when you do that? You can definitely. It's good to have uh, protection boundaries. Do they try to body snatch you? Will they try to do that? I I have had that once with the gray ones. Yeah, that was it. That makes a good story, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, let's I, hear, I'd I love to hear with, about it. Okay, I'll tell you. I want to help you with the shadow being thing. So in the beginning, when we're not used to using our clairvoyance, um, you'll see white figures, white blobs. You'll see shadow blobs or shadow beings, like you mentioned. But as you work your clairvoyance more and more, they get more detailed. So it might be a blob of white with some blobs of blue and green in there. And this guy, this shadow being might have gray and then orange start to populate. And eventually, as you use your clairvoyance more and more, it gets stronger, right? And what that actually means is you're fine-tuning your ability to connect energetically with the frequency of that being. That's all that means. So oh, you're getting okay. better and better at focusing your frequency to be a certain register, like a radio dial. And as you tune in better and better to whatever it is you're perceiving, they become more clear. They become more crisp. And... Then you can start using your other abilities to sense, is this, does this being serve my highest and greatest good? Or does this being bad for me or like whatnot? So it always starts with shadows and whatnot, but it gets more clear. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so interesting. That's, that's so, so it's just getting past that is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, it is scary in the beginning because that's the first thing that happened to me too. I just wanted to have telekinesis and I would actually, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I was sitting in with my ex uh, wife at the time. Well, we were married at the time and it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. My intention was to open up my third eye. I imagined this like flower over my third eye and it was opening up the petals. And on the third night I was successful. 
And I seen this shadow figure run across my room. And I said, oh, shit. I was terrified. I ran to my bed, threw the blankets over my head. And I just said, close, 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 close. And uh, wish for it to go away. So unfortunately, that fear stopped me from opening up my clairvoyance for like five years. But my other clairs got stronger and stronger. But that fear of seeing, what if I see a dead person? What if I see, you know, uh, a being that I don't like? Um, that can cause your clairvoyance to shut down or your pineal gland. I, I think I have that because I, I think I have here, like, you know, maybe that's something that's not opening up my psychic abilities. I was thinking like, because I, I do have that fear sometimes. Like, I'm like, I, I think about that. I'm like, I don't want to communicate with the dead. But in a way, I'm like, I do want to communicate with the dead because I want to prove that there's an afterlife to myself. I know right. there is. I mean, I, 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 I almost know it, but like, I still would love to have that, like, I don't know that 100% proof, you know what I mean? Like the only evidence can, in, when you, and it's it's almost like someone who experiences a UFO, like, you know, like they know that we know there's UFOs out there, but someone might not really believe it until they see one for themselves, which I still haven't seen one for myself. Like I, right. I, I do sky watches at night too, but it said they don't seem to come here where I'm at. Like, in is in Pittsburgh, like uh, you know, like are they? Well, you're in touch with higher beings, so I would guess that you're getting UFO sightings on the regular, right? I don't, I don't really look for them, to be honest. I have seen UFOs before, but uh, I don't look for them. Oh, I talk to a crew on a regular basis, and I've never asked them to visit either. Yeah, because you're you're in touch with them like interdimensionally, so you don't need the physical contact. That's right. So, like, typically, like. I mean, this happens like three or four times a week. I'll astral project onto the Athena, which is Ashtar Command's uh, mothership, battleship. And I'll just talk with Ashtar Sharon and I'll talk with uh, Straya or whoever. And um, we'll have great conversations. They'll teach me things on the ship and whatnot. But yeah. Wow, this is fascinating stuff. Um, so the last thing I wanted to do was just go over some of the services you offer. Um, we went over channeling. But then you also do chakra balancing and clearing. How important would you say that is? Super important. Because our chakras are responsible for manifesting our reality. That's what they do. Depending on what chakra it is, the root chakra is responsible for security, comfort, stability. Do you have fear in your life? It's responsible for all that. So if you have one of those things missing, maybe you go from job to job to job or you can't hold an apartment down because you can't pay the rents. There's definitely something wrong with your root chakra. So if, so how this works is let's say you have an argument with a loved one that creates heavy energies, right? And this heavy energy will settle in your field. If you don't find a way to get rid of it, your body will try to tell you where the blockage is or the heavy energy is by creating a physical symptom. And if you don't remove that blockage, then the symptom gets worse and worse and worse until you know you have you need a surgery or you have a heart attack or whatever it is but even after surgery problems still exist there it's because the blockage is there so your body creates the disease for you to look at yourself well you know what's so weird you said that like i just had my friend dawn she was using the deems device and she was doing remote healing on me like you know like healing from afar or whatever and she was using the deems and she said she went over and she said like that area of my body is like really dark. She said my root chakra was really dark, like, which I don't know if she was able to clear it up or like what I need to do, but like, what would you recommend someone do to try to clear that up? Well, psychic surgeon can do that. I I can take a quick peek right now, if you like. Yeah, you can look at it if you want. So typically a chakra, if it's blocked up more than 5%, then it's considered someone has issues in that area of their life. If, if they're blocked up like one, zero, one or 2%, it's not really an issue. Three and four is like, you're getting to a problem and your root chakra is at 6%. So uh, it's not so much related to fear, but it's related to other things, securities uh, in your life. And uh, yeah, I could just check all your chakras right now if you want to, but I, I, I know this is your program, so I don't want to. No, that's fine. I think this is interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't, I don't have nothing to hide. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I have some stuff to hide, but I'm, I'm really open about, like, you know, what I do. I don't... Okay, uh, your sacral chakra is at five percent. 
which has to do with sexuality and passion as well. Uh, passion is something that is something that you'll have to address. Um, your personal power chakra, which is your solar plexus, is at 4%. This is your ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And when it's blocked up, it seems like there's always something getting in your way from preventing you from doing what you want to do. So, uh, but your heart chakra is at 6%. This is how we give and receive love. So if we can't give love, um, if our heart chakra is blocked up, it, love will be, come through another chakra and it might be perceived as toxic or whatever, or you might be really rough with someone that you love rather than just be more compassionate and understanding with them. So it's really good to, I, I would probably work on your heart chakra if I was you. Um, your throat chakra is at 4%. That's your ability to express yourself and to say what's on your mind, uh, which is okay. I mean, you said you were 42 or 43, right? Yeah. So that for your age, that's pretty good. Uh, but your third eye is 6% as well. Uh, but there's something else going on there too. Um, that's your ability to see into your future. That's your ability to see things honestly and truthfully. Well, I've eliminated all fluoride. I don't use a fluoride toothpaste. I drink, um, I have a filter on my water. You know, like I know it's not just fluoride, but I know, but I thought fluoride was a big thing in it, but I know it's not all that. It's it's emotional stuff too. And like, and, and, and spiritual stuff, right? It's not just yeah. like- So the fluoride, the fluoride affects your pineal gland, which is a physical organ in your brain. But that doesn't have to do with your chakras, which are quantum. Okay. Okay, so, I get it. Yeah, when you have a blocked up third eye, you'll have a lot more negative self-talk, which is something that is to be addressed for you. And then I have a crown, right? Is the crown yeah. blocked too? Uh, no, when I perceive the crown, it's typically it's blocked or it's not blocked and yours isn't blocked, but that's your correction, uh, connection to Christ. That's your connection to the creator or source, whatever you want to call it, God. Um, that's where we receive the truth, divine energy. That's where righteousness comes into play and whatnot, purity. So what do we do? Like, I mean, cause like, you know, like I'm not the type of person where I can afford a lot of services right now. Is there stuff I can do on my own to like try to help this? Like, sure. um, yeah. or like what would you do if you were me? Uh, are you referring to just the energetic stuff or overall? Like the chakras, like how I how I clear them and like get them back to like zero percent. Okay, well, hmm, that's hard to say. It's it's mainly changing ways that you live your life. So if you change how you react to a certain stimu stimulus, you'll change how your chakras are blocked up. So let's say, um, I have to reach for an example somewhere. Uh, shooting blanks on the examples. But your root chakra is important and it has to do with your money in your life, right? And yeah. abundance. If you're, if you're really blocked up, you're going to have if someone says, yeah, this is going to be $200 and you go, oh shit, like that really almost wounds you even hearing that number, um, then you probably have financial um, things that you have to heal in your, in your body, in your mind. If, if I say um, you have $50,000 in your bank account, how, like how does this make you feel? Um, if you're like, Whew, that's a lot of money, then you probably have more of a poverty mindset where, where you're never educated in how to handle money or your, your parents may not have had that much money and whatnot. So some people, it's how your perception of money is. And some people think it's bad to have a lot of money. So like they think that if they get a lot of money, they'll become a rich asshole and they don't want to become an asshole. So they won't become rich. Or they might think that once I become, if I ever become rich, then people are just going to try to take my money away. So I don't want to have that happen. Um, so these are all limiting mindsets for that. Yeah. And it's better to think in an abundance mindset. I, I, yeah. I feel that I use a lot of affirmations. I know I do do that. Like I try to listen to a lot of affirmations. Um, and I know someone was telling me they're like, well, if you can, if you can create your own reality, then you don't need affirmations. But I almost feel like I do need the affirmations because it's doing something to where it's like resetting my mind so I can process abundance. At yeah. least in that, I don't know. So it's the, affirm to help the affirmation, 
sorry to interrupt. The it's affirmations right. are you creating? So this is how you're creating your reality by rewiring your brain to think a different way. And therefore you'll have a different response to any action that happens to you. So yeah. Cal has a mantra. Um, I'll give you Cal's mantra if you want it. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. It goes, I am living in my highest reality that serves my highest and greatest good every day from here forward. And so it is. I'm living so, my highest reality serves my highest good from this point forward. So I am serving, I'm serving my highest and greatest good every day from here forward. And so it is. I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So um, there's many things that we need to manage to, in order to reach, I don't know, ascension or enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, to reach a certain plateau of uh, frequency. One of those things is managing your timeline. Okay. And, and that's something that you can do on a daily basis to, to make sure you're on your highest possible timeline. If you're on a shitty timeline, your life's going to be shitty, period. Yeah. If you're on a high timeline, your life will be good, period. It's just how it works. But your timeline wants to go back to its neutral point, wherever that, whatever that is. That's based off of your karma. So if you have bad karma, your neutral point might be less than halfway down. It might be like three, 300 thousand uh, I, I didn't give you the numbers to basis all out so it might be confusing but um but we also have to manage malevolent people in our life if you have a bunch of friends and you know several of them are assholes like they're just not nice they're not really supportive maybe they smoke and you don't like smoking um and they're kind of dicks that you don't smoke or whatever just remove the malevolent people out of your life completely when you remove malevolent people out of your life, you pour a little bit out of a cup. And this cup is called the grail. This is a universal law that I discovered. We only have um, so much that can fit in a cup. And if you fill your cup full of malevolent people or assholes, whatnot, then um, the universe can't put anything else in there. So you have to dump out the malevolent people and establish a healthy boundary that says only people that serve my highest and greatest good may come into my life. And so it is, or you can say benevolent and ambivalent people, right? And ambivalent are sometimes nice and sometimes not nice. Now you might feel, so there's this period it's called, uh, you feel emptiness because you just poured out a lot that's in your cup. So you're going to feel empty. That means you're going to, you're probably going to feel depressed because you just got rid of like five friends that were not good for you anyway. So you feel emptiness for a period of time, but eventually the universe puts good stuff back into that cup. They put ambivalent and they put benevolent people into the cup. So now it just has these two groups in there. And eventually you can remove the ambivalent people from the cup and you can fill it up with only benevolent people. That takes time to do that. Yeah. But it's powerful. Like, I'll just give another example real quick. If you have, if you're married to a terrible person, you know, they're not improving themselves. You've tried everything. That is something pretty crappy in your cup. You have to remove that from your cup and you have to have something else in that cup. I don't want to promote like divorce or whatever, but that's just an example. No, I mean, people can be in the wrong relationship. People think it's the right relationship. Like I thought that my last relationship was the right relationship, but it was, I can give you five reasons why it was also very bad for me too. Like, I'm not going to say them here, but you know, like I can, I'm just, I'm saying like, sometimes we think that like, sometimes when we think things are good for us because we see them a certain way and the underlying root of things aren't always good. Like, and you have to, it takes time to see that though, right? Yeah, that's the awareness component, and that that's hard to come by. Yeah, I've always been able to, you know, like been able to judge that pretty well, or like at least like look at like a certain situation from outside the box and say like, is this really benefiting me or not? You know what I mean? But like sometimes our our soul wants, I don't know if it's our soul or if it's just a love bug that like wants us to stay in these relationships, but and even though it's not always good for us, is that kind of what you're saying? Or yeah. It oftentimes it is a soul reason or karmic reason that you're with a person. Sometimes it's things you have to experience or they have to experience. 
But I mean, understanding how women work is a big part of that. Understanding hypergamy is a real thing. That women only date guys that are equal level to them or greater. And if they see another guy that is, you know, more wealthy than you and better shape than you, can provide more than you, then they, the sad truth is they just might go for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, that's about right. I mean, that's just the the, the blatant truth about women. I mean, that's that's about yeah. Well, I I I, I gotta I, I gotta do another show in two minutes, but um, I wanted to I think I'd love to do a part two with you because I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on yeah. we didn't get a chance to go over all the services you provide. But like, if somebody wants to find you or find your services or find your YouTube channel, like. How can they find you? And and thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. No, oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my website is davidlotherington.com. We're creating a website for the House of L Mystery School currently. So it's under construction, but it's going to be T-H-O-E-L.ca. And I don't know how you find me on YouTube. Probably just type in my name, David Lotherington. Should pop yeah. up. Yeah, and I'll put links in the I'll put links in the description. So Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, David. And uh, I'll get a hold of you. I'd love to do a part two. Sure, Rob. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Have a good day.